0: Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance.
1: 8.30 30 on Wall Street, I'm Michael McKee, along with Francine Lacroix. She is with us from our. London Studios Today, Economic Indicators, brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network. When it's time to change the conversation, talk with a broker-dealer, RIA, that's ready to listen. Call 866-462-3638 or visit commonwealth.com to... Learn more. Not a lot of numbers out this morning just ahead of the Fed rate decision, but we do have the advanced trade balance, relatively new number. The Commerce Department now puts out a monthly trade figure that will add up, uh, they hope, to the quarterly numbers. They will be adjusted. And it comes in much smaller than forecast. The uh, trade deficit was forecast to be virtually unchanged at a negative 62.8 billion dollars for March instead it's negative 56.9 billion uh 56.9 billion dollar trade deficit which may have something to do with uh, the fact that the dollar got weaker over the last couple of months not stronger Oscar Gonzalez is an economist at uh, Manulife Asset Management and he joins us now from Boston Oscar uh Is this the kind of thing that would make the Fed feel better? Because they've been warning and warning and warning about the dollar's impact on the economy, but it doesn't show up here.
2: (laughs) That's correct. I think, uh, in fact, uh, you will have uh, a lot of forecasters forecasters, uh, quite busy this morning uh, revising uh, the figure from GDP in the first quarter uh, up uh, easily by another uh, two to three-tenths of a percent, I would say, given the numbers that you are suggesting here. Um, so I, I I think that uh, that's clearly one of the elements that is going into uh, the decision that they will be taking today. Um, yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, and I, I think that uh, really what uh, the financial markets uh, are, are waiting to see is how uh, this gets uh, – um, ex- explained in the statement that they will be putting out uh, later today All right, um, so also, clearly. Yeah.
3: So so you think, okay, so you think that actually the strong dollar for the moment hasn't hurt U.S. PLC too much, but actually th- there must be an adequate level for euro dollar or a, a dollar basket against other currencies, which urges CEOs to spend more. And at the moment, we're just not seeing it. It, it must hurt confidence at some level.
2: Uh, well, it, it, it certainly the, the the fact that the dollar really had uh, spiked uh, uh, by the end of, uh, of last year and into the beginning of the year um, uh, was an element that was some concern because really was going to hit uh, exports. Um, but uh, since then we have seen that the dollar has in fact uh, uh, lost a bit of, the, has weakened a little bit. Uh, so that should uh, provide a little bit more of uh, a base for, uh, for uh, uh, growth in, in the U.S., which is really what they want to see. Uh, at the same time, uh, the element of uh, the uh, transmission mechanism coming through uh, a stronger dollar, which was weakening uh, the prospects for inflation, uh, are go- would have to be going in, in the opposite direction. Not that I thought was really big. Um, but certainly it's, it's an element that would support their case that inflation will start to pick up um, in, 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 for, the, for the balance of the year.
1: Well, what happens uh, to the dollar going forward? A lot of strategists say the dollar should get stronger. The Fed's expected to continue raising rates and on an interest rate differential basis. It only makes sense. And yet when the Fed raised rates in December, the dollar got
2: weaker. Yeah, I, and I think that's something that we have seen that is uh, contrary to what um, uh, most economic model will be um, t- uh, telling you. I mean, we have seen these, this, a similar effect in Japan uh, where that you, you really continue to lower uh, rates and, and, and instead of seeing a, a weakening of the yen, you will seeing a strengthening of, of the yen. So I think there is really an, an, a, a – we are – going through a period uh, where the um, the traditional uh, transmission mechanisms and the structures of the economy are not really the way the the textbooks will be telling you. Uh, uh, And so I think that is clearly something that is happening right now. There is quite a bit of... uh, a um, un- uncertainty as to where we are going to uh, the dollar is going to go but I think in general uh, when, when we look at back at what a um, forecast were just looking at at the end of last year which really further the strengthening of the dollar um, and you can see that that was t- totally the opposite that it actually happened um so I think we have to be very careful as to uh, make more predictions um, about the uh, continue um, a strengthening of the dollar, when in fact we've seen a, a, a fairly um, uh, weakening. Um,
3: Sir, do you think? Do you think that because of so th- these figures today, because in general we haven't really seen uh, this dollar uh, hike bite anything, and because you believe GDP will be revised forwards or w- will be revised higher, do you think that the Fed will move in June with a rate hike?
2: I think uh, it is it's quite important to see how they uh, structure the, the statement, but I think. Uh, um, at this point, uh, I would think that they will be preparing uh, the markets uh, and they will be preparing uh, um, really all um, uh, people really looking uh, over their, their, their statements to really open up and making this uh, move a little bit more clear. Um, I don't think, um, as, as usual, it's not something that they will be cornering themselves as to committing themselves to make it move in June, but certainly um, making a, a little bit more transparent that things are going in the direction um, that they uh, were hoping to see. And, and, and as a result, a, 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 a couple of moves, a couple of uh, rate hikes um, are, are in order. And to, to make them uh, in June or for the other um, uh, four uh, meetings for the balance of the year are probably what they are hoping to see. So that to rebalance, yeah. the, uh, to realign the rate trajectories that we see Um, uh, what the markets are seeing and what they are really uh, communicating would be critical.
1: Okay. Oscar Gonzalez is with us. He's an economist at Manulife Asset Management. We're talking about uh, the Fed and the economy ahead of today's meeting. Two o'clock this afternoon, we'll have full coverage here on Bloomberg Radio. This hour of surveillance, meanwhile, brought to you by Westchester Subaru. Visit westchestersubaru.com. Here's Michael Barr with the latest world and national headlines, Michael.
4: Mike, thank you very much. Donald Trump has strengthened his grip on the Republican presidential race. Trump had a clean sweep in all five primaries in Delaware, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Maryland, and Rhode Island yesterday. Trump is headed to Indiana today after first delivering a foreign policy speech in Washington. Meanwhile, Democrat Hillary Clinton is 90% of the way to her party's nomination, having won four out of five Northeast primaries. Bernie Sanders won in Rhode Island. Former House Speaker Dennis Hastert is scheduled to be sentenced today in a hush money case. Hastert is accused of molesting boys while he was a high school wrestling coach. Jolene Burge says her brother, who died years ago, was one of Hastert's victims. Bird says she will be there for the sentencing.
5: He'll
6: be there with me. He's he has been with me this whole time. He has walked me through 20 years of this, so he's with me.
4: It is so hot in Thailand that the animals at Bangkok Zoo are being fed special frozen fruit pops. April in Thailand is usually hot, but this year temperatures have been as high as 111.7 degrees, just short of an all-time record. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike? Thank you, Welcome. Time now
1: for the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. Here's John Stasher.
0: Thanks, Mike. Mets two and five start has been long forgotten. They're ten and two since they beat Cincinnati four to three. As Johannes says, came off the bench, belted a three-run pinch-hit home run to tie the game. David R. Arb- Wright's RBI single later in the seventh put them ahead went from you know one of those games where you know we just didn't have a lot going for us to you know within a couple minutes all of a sudden you know we got some things cooking and uh, some guys on base with, with uh with Seth coming up so um, yeah fairly quickly turn of events in washington lost to the phillies mets are two games out of first yankees are still in last they lost 10-1 at texas rangers scored in six of their eight innings including six in the third off and again, shaky Luis Severino. Joe Girardi on him. I thought he was he was up with his fastball. It seemed the fastballs that they hit were between the thigh and the waist. And he had a hard time throwing his off speed for strikes. So it kind of put him in a in a tough situation. And uh, they definitely took advantage of it. Also, Pittsburgh won 9-4 at Colorado. Andrew McCutcheon had two home runs over the Pirates' first 20 games. He hit three homers last night. NBA playoffs. It was looking like overtime between Indiana and Toronto. And the Pacers' Solomon Hill sunk a three-pointer at the end. But by an eyelash, it was after the buzzer. Raptors with a comeback, 102-99 win for a 3-2 series lead. Atlanta beat Boston, 10 83 Hawks lead 3-2. The Islanders have their game one at Tampa Bay tonight. And Winston Hill has died at the age of 74. One of the greatest Jets ever, a four-time Pro Bowl tackle. Hill helped the Jets win the Super Bowl three. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports update, I'm John Stashower.
1: John Stashower, thank you very much. Well, we are watching the markets ahead of the Fed decision. Better news. Today, the trade deficit, much smaller than forecast. And you think that might have an impact on the Fed. Maybe it would have an impact on the markets. But uh, everything kind of frozen while we wait for Yellen and company to decide. The 10-year note yield, 1.9%. Been that way all morning. Same story across the curve. The five-year, 1.37, 85 basis points for your two-year. S&P futures down six points, three-tenths. Stock 600 in Europe is up a point. Two tenths. This is Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit sectorspdrs.com or call 1 866 Sector ETF.
0: Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
5: And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by American Arbitration Association International Trade or Business Dispute Resolve Faster with the International Center for Dispute Resolution, the leader in alternative dispute resolution around the world. ICDR.org. Watching some headlines crossing the Bloomberg right now. Marvell Technology is in a pact with Starboard Value, which owns 6.5% of Marvell Technology. Starboard will nominate three people to its board immediately and add a fourth member as soon as possible. Again, that just crossing the Bloomberg. Treasuries, meanwhile, are rising, sending 10-year yields lower for the first time in five days, and the dollar is weakening as markets signaled caution before the Federal Reserve's latest interest rate decision. NASDAQ 100 index futures are slumping as Apple tumbled after posting its first quarterly revenue drop in more than a decade. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. And SP e-mini futures are down six points. Dow e-mini futures down 42. Nasdaq e-mini futures down 48. The DAX in Germany is up four tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury up 8.30 seconds. The yield 1.89 percent. The yield on the two-year 0.84 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 1.9 percent or 82 cents to 44.86 a barrel. COMEX gold is up seven tenths percent or $8.60 to 12.52 an ounce. The euro, $1.1316. The yen, one eleven point two zero. And Monolese International, the maker of Ritz crackers and Oreo cookies, posting first-quarter earnings that beat analyst estimates. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Francine and Mike.
1: Karen Mosco, thank you very much. It's 848 on
0: Wall Street. The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg Columnists.
6: I'm Paula Dwyer, an editor with Bloomberg View. The federal disability program is a mess. It almost went broke until Congress gave it emergency funds last fall. It discourages employment, and it can be gamed. But woe to the office seeker who tries to fix it. No one understands this better than Donald Trump, who opposes cuts to entitlements, including the $150 billion disability program on which 11 million Americans depend, almost twice the 1990 level. Recipients are mostly non-college educated, white, blue-collar, and middle-aged. Trump voters, in other words. Of the 20 states with the highest number on disability, 14 chose Trump in primaries so far. Three have yet to vote, but he's ahead or tied in them all. Disability has become like welfare for jobless blue-collar workers in the southeast, Appalachia, and pockets of the northeast and midwest, where industries have moved offshore or closed down over the last few decades. These areas also have declining life expectancies. When you combine failing health with the falling fortunes of the poorly educated, you get high rates of substance abuse and physical and mental impairment. Trump provides an outlet for their anger by blaming immigrants and open trade. Congress has a few years to fix the disability fund. What lawmakers really need is an economic plan for these areas. Until then, people will cling to the disability life raft and to demagogues like Trump. I'm Paula DeWire, an editor with Bloomberg View. For more Bloomberg commentary, please go to BloombergView.com or ViewGo on the Bloomberg Terminal.
1: This has been Bloomberg View. Bloomberg View commentaries can be heard hourly weekdays on Bloomberg Radio.
3: Mike, we need to talk more a little bit about central banks, but also of the BOJ. Let's get back to our guest. He's Oscar Gonzalez, an economist at Manulife Asset Management. Oscar, we were talking a little bit before about the FOMC, the challenges that Chair Yellen has. Talk to me about BOJ. I spoke to Bill Winters, the CEO of Standard Charger, and he was telling me his biggest concern is that we have this cumulative effect of extraordinary monetary stimulus, which will create bubble. Is this bubbles? Is this what the BOJ is doing?
2: Um, well, I think there is quite a bit of debate about that. Um, clearly, the VOJ has been partially successful at uh, stimulating their, their economy, although the, uh, at the same time it's very clear that not all the transmission mechanisms are up to part. I think uh, the real issue in Japan is that uh, the, um, the the lending and consumer part of the, the economy is not really uh, working uh, to be, at the same to, at the speed that the BOJ really would like, um, they have been mm-hmm. obviously successful at bringing down the, the whole yield curve, so making the cost of cap uh, less uh, uh, lower, the, the cost of capital. At the same time, we can see that uh, it, it, it is creating all kinds of dislocations as well. Um, uh, the, the the consumers are. Uh, pulling back, which is not really what the, the, the intention of the policy is, um, and the, 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 the fact that um, you may want to uh, reach for uh, higher yields, um, uh, not only in Japan, but somewhere else, um, are starting to, to uh, create some sort of a uh, mini bubbles in here that I think the, the bank of Japan should be very concerned about uh, I don't think it's, uh, the, it's the main concern at this point because clearly the main concern is what's going to happen how they can continue uh, stimulating their economy um, and and worried about the potential for a uh, mini bubble in in, in, in in assets later on but uh, it's certainly something that is in there uh, they
1: are taken into account and should be very careful about. At one time uh, Japan was everybody's uh, boogeyman. Now but you got to wonder, uh, how much impact does Japan, what the Bank of Japan and uh, what the Japanese economy does, uh, have on the United States, on the Eurozone, the rest of the world?
2: Uh, correct. I, I think uh, if anything uh, um, everybody is looking at the, the lessons that uh, um, that we can learn and apply somewhere else, as of Japan. Um, and I think that is one of the the concerns as to uh, the limits of monetary policy. Just uh, you really need to uh, have uh, a, a, a more of a effective transmission mechanisms where in fact it is an increase in demand coming from uh, consumers and businesses actually going out and uh, risking. Um, um, uh, risk in a, in, in, in take, 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 take on risk in a sense that they will go out and, and lend and, and provide the sort of activity, um, that eventually will create, um, a faster, uh, faster growth and higher inflation. And that is not really what's happening in Japan. Uh, so, so we, we, still
3: learn. Oscar, what, what is exactly the lesson that the Fed can learn from BOJ? Don't do negative rates and certainly do not do helicopter money.
2: <laughs> well, I, I don't think we are at, at, at that point uh, yet, but certainly, um there the Fed is very uh, um, it's very conscious that uh, a monetary policy alone uh, has its limits. And, and I mean, it's very clear that, that they have a yelling in the past has been um, asking for uh, I don't know why we don't do it. Uh, obviously, there is a, a political dimension to this, but certainly, uh, there is more to um, um, monitor, uh, to uh, economic uh, policy that could help us um, get out of a, a, a period where we have very slow growth and we have the dangers of uh, inflation. And in this case, you should be an increase in, in fiscal policy. It should have the support of fiscal policy as well as monetary policy. One alone cannot really do the job.
1: But we're not getting fiscal policy. That's the problem. And then the question becomes: Do central banks are are central banks forced into doing additional monetary policy because they're the only game in town? And then it just makes it harder, as you say, to get out of that uh, circle.
2: Correct. Uh, And I and I think that's uh, something that um, hopefully uh, we could correct in the future. But uh, it's something that is being happening. Uh, for the last few years, uh, unfortunately, but um, I, it is a. I think it's a lesson that we can learn from uh, from Japan as well, um, that uh, we really need to have the other hand really helping and and, and supporting economic
1: growth. Well, do you buy the idea uh, people are talking about that if the Fed and uh, by extension the other central banks would get out of the way? That would stimulate growth now more than additional monetary policy action. Um, I don't
2: I don't buy it completely. I, I think that um, monetary policy is still uh, needed. Um, at the same time, I think the gradual um, the gradualism approach that we see in the Fed probably would uh, help us. Um, to give some credibility. Uh, and as and in fact, we see a growth that's starting to, to to be sustained, I think that would lend a little bit of credibility to the argument that you're making. But uh, otherwise, I think until we see that, uh, what we have seen so far is that without the um, central bank's help, uh, I think we would be in much worse shape than, than, than we are. That's not to say that there are other issues and other problems that uh, have been created by lowering um, the uh, interest rates to the levels that we have seen, it, even into negative territory. Um, clearly, this can create a situation where uh, we are, uh, and, I, and I think this is, a, this, is an, this is an argument that we're starting to see right now, is that the, um, we are we are entering a, a period where lowered, uh, lowering the interest rates, in fact, creates a situation, a deflationary environment, where the um,
1: to what have got to see in Japan? Oscar Gonzalez, an economist at Manulife Asset Management. Thanks for being with us this morning here on uh, surveillance. Ahead of the Fed, U.S. futures are lower, bond prices a little bit higher, and in Japan, the Nikkei was down 63 points today, while the yen gets a little bit stronger, 111.18. Definitely not the direction that Kuroda-san would like them to go. We'll have full coverage of today's Fed decision. The Fed decides 2 p.m. this afternoon. Scarlett Fu, Joe
0: Weisenthal, and me here on Bloomberg Radio Worldwide.